Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of our series with Ken Bray, where we're going to continue our conversations about developing our horses and ourselves for success in and out of the arena. If you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to check that out as well. Mental attitude is is a huge part of it. Uh, the mental toughness that it takes, or the you know the ability to to let yourself compete and your ability to manage your emotions and to focus on the contest is a make or break in business or in the arena of life. It doesn't really matter because it always does come down to the little things. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a young man working for me that's actually here right now and we're building some fence a little bit ago and we were talking about that exact subject. And I told him any rodeos and, I told him if I if I got the opportunity to do it again, there's no way I would compete professionally in anything without a personal trainer and a training program, a nutritionist, and a mental coach. No way. No way I'd do it. Huge. Because because I needed and and that's just me personally. I needed those things. I look back and I know there were times I wasn't in as great a shape as I could have been, or nutritionally, I wasn't taking care of myself. The mental part of it, you can't, you know, it's a proven fact. You can't control the first thought, but you can control the second. And I was way, way, way past my career before I learned that. And, you know, just little things like that make such a huge difference. So, we kind of skipped ahead here a little bit with what I wanted to, some things I was going to talk about, but you already touched on it. Talk a little bit about your preparation with, of course, Wyatt Bray, Payton Bray, everybody knows those names, elite competitors. And I know I've been to your place and I know you well enough that it's run like a business. It's not just a bunch of guys showing up with their shirts hanging untucked, going to run a few steers with their cap backwards. I mean, I, I can only imagine. I haven't got to watch one of your practices, but I bet it's very organized. It has, you have goals in mind. Talk a little bit about preparation because you're training the elite. I mean, and I know you cover the horses, the rider, the whole gamut. Well, you're right. And I've also heard the, the, the same thing around your camp too. And I, I take that as, and mean that as a, as a compliment, but because we're so competitive, I know that losing is a part of any sport. So that just comes with the territory, but whenever you're, you know, driven to win, you want to make sure that you do what's necessary to be ready and able to compete. So we have a training facility at our place that, that uh, the boys have used and that they've grown up in. And 
And you're right. Uh, practices are structured and it's, uh, you know, really twofold. So what do I need to do today to work on me? But then what does my horse need today for him to uh, be better or be able to compete? Because whenever you go as fast as you have to go uh, today in, in, in team roping, if you've got to be, you know, 3-8 to get a check, the boys just left uh, Odessa. They were 9-3 on two and didn't get anything out of the rodeo. You know, so it's it's fast. And keeping the horses put together is something that I enjoy doing and 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 helping do. So we have a, a set of cattle that are just pure trainers and they're confidence builders for the horses and everything is slow. And we go slow way, way, way more than we ever go fast, especially on the good horses. They We know they can run. It's, we don't care about how fast we can go on them. It's more about just keeping them confident and keeping them soft and and uh you know focused and able to to score and 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 do their job but going slow is something that we do more than ever than we go fast we do have some practice horses that that their job is to you know to work for for them not me anymore i don't compete at a high level you know that's their job and there's a set of steers for that and if we need to tune a horse up before we go somewhere, you know, we may have to make a realistic run and then bring them back down on on some some slow ones. But we employ the dummy. I know you use that as a part of your training program. We use it for training, but we also use it to build confidence uh, in the horse and then also to work on, you know, just the, the, the general mechanics of of the run. And, you know, whether it's placing your loop or placing your horse or focused on your posture, your body position, we use a dummy a lot. We use slow cattle a lot. But, you know, I'm not going to say that we're 100% because that wouldn't be true. But 99% of the time, uh, there's a plan for the practice of what we need to accomplish. We have some young horses that we're bringing along. We have some competition horses that we need to keep maintained and put together and then there's you know uh, some practice horses that that their job is to help us get better or the boys get better but you know they got to be put back together from time to time too so but yeah it's you know a mixture of uh the mechanics of you know the run and for the boys to do and and to work on specifics of of their run and building their run is something that they work on now that they're roping together they rope together forever but now that they're actually throwing their hat in the ring together to compete you know they focus on their run and talk about the run after it and, you know it, whether it be you know if you handle this deer a little bit different in the corner you know i can rope him a little bit faster whenever you do that or making sure that you get the right finish in the face or the flat start on the leap or whatever. We have a barrier system and um, invite other great ropers to come over. This last week, Cody Snow and Hunter Cook came over and Colton Schmidt came over this last week with Nikki Northcott getting ready to leave to go to Odessa and 
in the Super Tuesday ropings and all of the jackpots that happen out there in West Texas and, you know, to make it real because iron sharpens iron. But, you know, I'm not going to say that we never have fun, but it's always serious. And then they, the, they keep a, a performance journal, mental performance journal, and record what happened and then rewrite what they wish that it would have been. And we learned that through uh, mental management training. There's a, a company that's based uh, over in the Metroplex area. I encourage everybody to look them up and check them out. Fantastic group. Lanny Basham heads it up and his son, Brian, is uh, Peyton White's personal mental coach. And they talk about the run. They talk about the preparation that they have before the run. And that process is a part of the practice as well because it's, if you continually work on that, it becomes second nature for what you do. So whenever you're backing in the box for $100,000 in your high call, you don't have to think about what you need to be thinking about because you're already doing it's a part of your process. I don't know. That's kind of yeah. a mouthful, but that's the way we approach it anyway. When you agreed to come on with me, that was the first thing on my list because I, I knew I couldn't start out with, Hey, how's your practices? <laughs> but I had a pretty good <laughs> idea how your practices were. And you know, that uh, Lanny Basham, he wrote an awesome book called With Winning in Mind. That's one of my audible books that I listen to all the time when I'm traveling. And, you know, he was he was an Olympic shooter for anybody that yeah doesn't know anything about Lanny Basham. But it, it's crazy because what he did for shooting with shooting, I mean, just parallels to our industry and it's uh yeah it's with winning in mind by lanny basham and you know as far as like like i said earlier i would i would not compete today without a mental coach like that period i mean because you know in our world i mean it's like buckling up and going on the wildest roller coaster ride you've ever been on in your life and it's a little bit that way in the training business you know, you just every day's uh, that's probably why it's so exciting and I still love it. The only thing that's predictable about it is that things are going to happen that you can't that are unpredictable. And <laughs> mentally, if you let it, it, it will it will wear you down, you know. So uh, I'm glad you went through that on your on your training and your practicing, I mean, that your practice program, because that, you know, it, that's what I mean by running it like a business. Talk a little bit, Ken, because I mean, you're a, everybody knows you're a great horseman and, you know, you're really sharp about horses and you and I have talked some in the past about horses, but talk a little bit about the opportunities we have now with not only like you said back in the 80s it was either go rodeo and try to survive or really and truly for your horses and your roping there wasn't many places to go now we've got rodeo we've got great jackpots number with the number system so everybody can pretty much rope with you know the their peers 
we've got the futurities. You know, talk about your horses that you're progressing along in their training and and how how you decide which horses are rodeo horses, which can go to the, you know, obviously the younger horses go to the futurities, you know, and some go to are more just jackpot horses. Talk talk a little bit about your horse program, because I I know it's an intense, I mean, very thorough program that you have with your horses. The the first thing I would say is that there's a lot of 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 better talent than me with a horse. I I I just have a passion for horses, especially for for team roping horses, and uh, it's it's I just always have. It's just always what I've you know growing up and. You know, even to today, it's just it's where it's my happy place. I just enjoy the process of bringing a young horse along. But you know, I, I, there are there are so many great great horse trainers today in the team roping world, and I credit the maturities and the the opportunities that rope horse maturities have provided people with amazing talent with the rope that have now become amazing horsemen. And merging the the two of them, it, you know, in the in, in the old days, I guess there was not that much focus on horsemanship. It was more about your ability to use a rope. Even though a lot of money and the most of the money was always one on the best horses, you could get by on talent a lot more then than you can today. Today, you absolutely have to have both to be the best because there's so many people that have the ability to use a rope and, you know, that are just that handy with, you know, their physical talent, but without horsemanship or without great horses, you have no prayer of winning anymore today. So it's been fun to see that evolution for sure. And I, I just credit the opportunity that, you know, comes with organization in a sport and the money that's available for people to win in a sport. But, at the elite level, regardless of whether it's, you know, barrel racing or rain cow horse, team roping, calf roping, breakaway roping, there are very few horses that can elevate or be elevated or do that highest level. And so my deal has changed quite a bit because, you know, it was, me being a, a circuit rodeo guy and an amateur uh, rodeo guy, open header, but, you know, not a top 15 NFR talent ever was I that guy. The setups were a lot more friendly, I would say, uh, years ago. And, you know, con- catching and consistent runs would, would win money. And But today you you literally have to ask your horse, for their life every single run and to be able to keep a horse maintained and managed or the horses that can even take it at all that have the physical ability, the speed, the mental acuity to stay soft and score just after you've, you know, asked them for their life, the run before that that's the, the biggest difference. And it's exciting to see that there's more of an effort today towards, you know, the breeding programs that are necessary the cutting and the reining and the cow horse, the barrel racing, 
they are they are they're miles ahead of the of the I would say the roping industry because the roping industry has survived on horses that flunked out of the racetrack or that were you know culled by the the, the cutting horse people or the rainers or whatever and well we'll make a rope horse out of them even at you know the AQHA you know they would have a an amazing athlete amazing talent in the reining or the cow horse or maybe or maybe not the cutting and we want to make a super horse out of him so now we're gonna we're gonna rope on him so the roping would be the last leg of their journey to the super horse award but today at uh, with the with the money that's available that's that and the the numbers of people that are participating in roping sports, and then also what is necessary at the highest level for the the head horse and the heel horse to be able to to compete at the at the elitist level. The physical talent and ability isn't always available in the old style and ways of getting those horses put together, you know. Some of the the rainers or the 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 cutters they just can't run enough or they're not big enough or big boned enough today the heel horse has to be able to run as fast as the head horse does. It used to be that well, if he doesn't do this or that event, well, we can always heal on him. That's not the case anymore. You can't do that with the heel barriers or with how much range that these headers have riding horses that can run you know at, at high high rates of speed a heel horse has got to be able to outrun the head rope and so a lot of that has changed and there's a you know a lot of hit and miss in the training i wish that i would say that you know that every prospect that that you know i picked out was you know made it, it that's just not the case but only only elite few ever do make it to that highest level and, you know, because of the pressure that's involved with the speed events, like roping, it, you know, those horses have to have a level of maturity. So by the time they're 9, 10, 12, that's whenever they're at their, at their best. So things have changed. And I don't really approach the young horse deal like to fit a maturity, even though they're adding some three-year-old events in the rope horse maturities, fours, five, sixes. I just really try to focus on what the horse is able to do for that period of time of his mental ability and age. So if they make it to the futurities, we've had some that, that did great, but that's not the ultimate goal because ultimately we're trying to get a 10 year old put together. That's going to last for a long time. Yeah. You know, the futurities and I'm, of course I've rode a ton of horses that went to the barrel futurities because that market was, so big you know and it that kind of got dropped in my lap years ago and was a great market for me as far as you know i rode lots and lots of numbers but the futurities the one thing that really holds true is you know we we produce a lot of physical freaks you know we we are very as far as producing great horse flesh you know, we, we produce the best horses in the world, period. But 
from a futurity standpoint, and you hit it on the head when you said, I just, we try to get them ready for what they can get ready for. The the mentally, a lot of horses are not going to make futurity horses. And it, and it all goes back to confidence. And you talked about it with your other horses. You know, every day I step in the stirrup, I always have to ask myself when I get done, did I, did I build confidence or did I destroy it? Because you're doing one or the other, you know, and horses have got to have a tremendous amount of confidence to be able to compete at the level and perform at the levels we ask them. And then, you know, we always have to remember that every day we're reinforcing that we're either, you know, we're, we're either tearing it down or building them up, you know, and with our, with our young horses, like what you're talking about with your program, having that philosophy where eventually down the road, you want to have a horse that's going to last a long time. That's, I mean, that's really, really smart and really realistic because here's what happens with, in our industry, sometimes timelines ruin horses. You gotta, you gotta be real careful that a timeline doesn't cause you because you're behind the eight ball to get a horse ready for something. You gotta be real careful. You don't do more harm than good because it's real easy to do. And, and so with the futurity system, it's a great system, but that is one thing as we progress these horses, you got to be real careful of, because just like you said it, I think a lot of people, when somebody would say, well, you know, Wyatt and Peyton Bray, they practice every day. They've got a great training, you know, great practice facility. You'd, you'd picture them just going fast, going fast, going fast. And when you said you go slow way more than you go fast, going slow is all about building confidence. Hundred percent agree. I think it's I think it's equally as important on the confidence level of of for the athlete and for the horse as well. You you said it earlier too that you're either going forward or you're going backwards. But confidence it, it's hard to be confident as a horse or rider if you're going fast all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean. You know, just like, and and we'll just stay with the team roping for a little bit, but you can, you can add in the breakaway with this as well, as fast as it's gotten. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about being hung out there and really and truly the, the shots that those guys are taking the percentage of catches that they have at that speed is unbelievable. You know, I mean, there'll be times where it gets so fast that, you know, yeah, I mean it from somebody that never seen the event, they'd say, gosh, that was sloppy. Well, when you're going that fast and you got to shut the clock off in three, five, three, six, three, eight. Wow. You know, I mean, you got to remember you have two humans, two horses and a steer. There's a lot going on there. And, you know, just like now in the break, the breakaway rope and my gosh, you know, you'll see those horses continue 
everybody's horsemanship in the breakaway will have to continue to improve. And, and there are a lot of great, those girls do a great job, but you know, that event, wow. Gotten very, very fast. You're going to have to spend some time keeping one standing there flat footed, running flat across the line and running a great route because if you don't get that one swing throw, you know, you, you may not have a chance to get a check. You will not have a chance to get a check. You, you touched <laughs> on it in, in a recent podcast too, about, about that aspect of, of keeping a, a breakaway horse working at the end of the summer and how, how difficult that is. And you're, you're, you're so right. It's whenever you get, you, I think that's where the, you know, unique athlete for sure, but it also is where the, the training program comes in so that you can't practice whenever you're out there on the road, going to 120 rodeos or whatever those girls go to with no limit. And there's no time to, to do, you know, to get in the arena and the practice bin and do the training. So whatever maneuvers that, that you can do out there in the warm-up arena or, you know, however soft and responsive you can keep your horse and listening to you is absolutely key. But it's also key for the athlete as it relates to the roping part of it because you you might miss – three in a row or four in a row or whatever the number is, you got to back in the box at the next one, believing that you're going to be able to hang it on him and win money. And so that muscle memory that you develop by going slow and the, the mental training that you have, because it's a part of what you do every day is going to make or break you at the end of the year. Yeah. It takes a, you, you have to, and here again, we go back to what we talked about originally when we started paying attention to the little things and you touched on it just like in the warm-up pen you know when you keep your horse soft you keep your horse thinking using the thinking side of their brain it is really really easy for a horse to start associating even you stepping up in the stirrup or picking your rope up with being reactive because you know you look at what we ask them to do they go from standing dead still flat-footed and then we need 110% when our hand moves a half an inch. <laughs> it's, you know, you've got to be doing some things in between that helps restore that horse's confidence and, and you know, lets them associate you with that. I, I'm big on association with horses. I mean, does my horse... You know, those colts that I've got on the exercise are warming up right now. Are they, do they associate me with, you know, confidence and understanding? Or are, are they afraid for their life when I step in there to get them off it and go, go, get, go work them? You know, it's, it's, it's a simple flip of a switch one way or the other, and it makes a huge difference. You know, and somebody that... Huge. Somebody that's really good about doing that in their warm-up or in their daily activities, that horse, I'm a, I believe 100% that that horse starts to associate you with, with confidence, understanding, safety. I mean, I know you've seen that in different ropers. 
Oh, 100%. It's, I mean, it's the difference between the guys that can ride the same horse for a number of years and or the guys that, that go through them fast and have to spend a lot of time looking for new horses. It's that's just, that's the difference to me right there. Yeah. If you know, and, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't got to watch a practice session at your house, but I've, I've seen, of course I've seen Peyton go a bunch and Wyatt got to see him more in the last 18 months or so, or two years than I, than I did before. But like, if I was a head horse, I would want to be Wyatt Bray's head horse. Like I think Wyatt for a hit, because head horses, my gosh, it, it is, uh, we ask a lot of them, but to me, like Wyatt does, uh, and Peyton does a great job too, but I, th I think like on the, just talking about head horses, I would like to be a Wyatt Bray's head horse. I, I really like the way he, you know, he's just got that quiet calm about him. And I, I think it seems to me like he does a really good job with them. Wyatt has a lot of appreciation for a horse. Yeah. Just, he always, he just kind of always, always had, and he, he does have a, a quiet demeanor with him. And, and, uh, you know, Peyton has always been a fire breathing dragon. And it's interesting that, that, uh, of how he's changed. And he just came back from, uh, they went up this last week and it was 30 degrees or something and roped with Joseph Harrison and Peyton came back and said, okay. I really do need to work on my horsemanship. And he's done a good job. I mean, he's not bad. He can put a hill horse in a position that, you know, not, not the best horse, not the best trained horse. He can catch ride and mount out and, and, and win money. But uh, he's, uh, he's coming around to where he's, his personal, you know, horsemanship. And, and now that he's got a couple horses in the tra in the trailer that require a little bit of special treatment i would say you know the warm-up and and keeping them soft and keeping them contained and and you know managing their mental ability he's learned a ton from that and then wyatt is uh you know the faster he goes the more that he's understanding that how he needs to work on his horsemanship too so i don't know i, don't, I think it's something that if that you never do stop working on ever and there's you know amazing guys that are great horsemen in our sport we can you know name a bunch of them between us right now but year in year out those are the guys that ride really nice horses they ride them for more than a year or two at a time and they continually are at the pay window so it it matters it's a part of competition today and and i'm i'm happy for it i think you, you you see it in the rope horse fraternities and more people that are interested in in uh, making a good horse and riding a good horse and training a good horse or competing on a good horse. It's fun to see the evolution for the roping industry uh, today because it's on a good track, in my opinion. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. You know, the thing with those horses, too, you talk about – you know, just like talking about Wyatt and Payton too. I mean, every horse is is different. Every horse is 
um, unique, just like every one of us. There's no two people alike. There's no two horses alike. I've, you know, like I've ridden full brothers and sisters, embryo babies, and that, you know, I had a whole set of them from one breeder one time. There's four or five of them, and none of them were anywhere close to alike. And, you know, so every horse is different. And so, you know, we have to be, we have to adapt with our communication. And so it's just like with Wyatt and Peyton, and they both do a great job with their horses. I sure enough, I sure in the heck wasn't picking on Peyton there. I just, I've watched Wyatt a lot with his head horses and he just got that quiet demeanor and, you know, Hayden, you know, he's always been an assassin on the back end. I mean, you know, he's going <laughs> to, like you're saying, he's going to get a shot. And, you know, so he's, he's, you know, focused on that and as good as there is at it. But at the same time, I know Father Time has a way of uh, helping us get better with our horsemanship. And the more we realize how important or how much easier our job can be if we help our horse that that's a heck of a motivator that's a heck of a motivator one last thing and i'm going to let you off here because i know you're busier than heck and i've already taken an hour of your time in our industry in the horse industry what do you think with in the performance horse world what are a couple things that you think are separators and separators i talk about this a lot at my clinics and this isn't i don't talk about separators like things as things that separate us from somebody else i talk about separators for myself as things that i can do better to make myself better than i was previously so what are a couple of the separators that you think you know, just like with the boys' progression to where they're at now, what are a couple of things that are just just really stick out to you as, as they progress in their in their journey? Well, I guess if, if you're talking about what they do, you know, professionally, is perspective. If you're in a business where if you don't win, you don't get paid. It's easy to get caught up in everything other than what you really need to be focused on. So it's hard to do because sometimes there's no financial reward for for doing it, but it pays off in the long run is just focus on doing your job and how whatever you do in in the run, in the arena, whatever the time is, the time is, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, just focus on doing your job. And so if you're nine, three on two at Odessa and you don't get a check, then your belt buckle that you wear home from that rodeo is the fact that you did your job and you did it well. You're not always going to draw the right steer. You're not always going to draw the dry arena. You're not always going to get to the rodeo without a flat, whatever, but keep it perspective. And more than anything, enjoy the process. If, if you don't enjoy the journey, then you're going to be 
you're going to be miserable because it's not all you're going to, there's a lot more losing than there is winning. And if you, you know, just focus on the fundamentals and you focus on keeping a great attitude, knowing that every day you can be better than the next day, then I think that you're going to be a long way down the road. Yeah. I mean, gosh, hundred percent. It is really easy to get caught up in the other events that are happening and forget what a blessing each day is for us to just get to be here. And, you know, in the morning, I have a little ritual that I go through every morning. And, and you know, one of the things is, is, you know, I've got a little gratitude journal that I write some things down on every day. And, you know, it just, when you talked about perspective, just keeping that perspective of the the simple things that you know like you say enjoy the journey enjoy enjoy the failures because failures are a stepping stone to success i mean if if you're never going to fail you're never going to be ultra successful because you'll be too conservative better yeah you know so yeah that's a wow that's a great way to wrap it up that is a great way to wrap it up. Thank you. Hey, Ken, uh, gosh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. And I just, I tell you what, I could sit and listen to you talk about those different topics for hours. I mean, I, w- I wish, uh, I wish I could hear you come hear you speak and just go from one thing to the next and listen to your perspective because you're right on. I mean, you, you, uh, paint a great picture and very easy to very easy to read and watch so thanks a bunch for joining me today and and uh tell Wyatt and Payton best of luck from us and we will see you down the road somewhere all right Phil I appreciate the time hey thanks for listening this week I wanted to take a minute to recognize one of our sponsors who is just an absolutely integral part of the success of our training program, and that is Equibrand. Equibrand is home to many brands in the Western industry that you know and love, including Classic Equine, Classic Ropes, Martin Saddlery, Rattler Ropes, and more. We've used these products for as long as I can remember when it comes to quality, durability, and consistency, there is no better choice than these brands. From bits and head stalls to saddle pads, ropes, and protective boots, they have it all. Head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com sponsors to learn more about our favorite products, go-to bits, training tools, and more. Have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, let's be our best.